Welcome to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show. G'day out there in podcast land. It's Ian here, and I'm on the great southern bio blitz in the field. That's right, this is the first podcast in the field, and I'm here today at Malulabar River National Park. I heard rumours at the podcast about this guy named Possum Pete, and I've actually tracked him down. Pete Kroedoff, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be taking you out in the field. Oh, fantastic. So how did you get started in all this? Like, when you were a little boy, did you have a fascination? With- I definitely did. I grew up catching skin in the garden and learning the different ones just by how rare or how unusual it was to catch them but I didn't know their names I could identify them I could feel the difference between them and I was lucky to just follow that pursuit through school and through high school and uni and now I'm just an adult curious kid still doing the same thing we're going to get out there and and this podcast we've never done one in the field before so Pete can you take me through it let's what do we do now well we'll enter into the Malula River National Park oh this is more exciting than uh I haven't got any any really child-friendly phrases to go along with that. <laughs> what are we looking for? Well, there's a group of us here today for the Great Southern BioBlitz looking for all biodiversity. So we're taking observations, which is usually photos, but we could record sounds. And actually, we're probably picking up the background sounds of that bird and these cicadas as well. I'm out of my, my zone. I I'm up from Victoria, so up here in Queensland, I can't actually tell what all of the the sounds are around me and definitely not a lot of these plants, so it's exciting for me. So when you get to a new site, what's the first thing you generally do? We get a feel for it, just like like the listening to what's around. Beats one of the main men here. On iNaturalist, how long have you been using iNaturalist for? Oh, about five years, not as much uh, at the beginning. I, I would just upload every now and again something new and it would help me organise my, my observations of biodiversity and learn what they were. And I loved having access to experts who were in the field of taxonomy for specific groups. My job is actually environmental education, taking groups out into the field, and it really is beneficial for me to know what everything is on the surf coast. So I just started to upload more and more, and so the birds, the insects, and the plants. And this year, the fungi as well, which are incredible down in the Otways in Victoria. Beautiful. So where would you like to go first? I'm going to get my phone out, start to take some photos of the plants. Yeah. But I've also got my SLR camera here. That means I can zoom in to that bird that is, uh, that's calling over there. In fact, maybe that's a good thing for us to do straight away. I think I can see it. Okay. Because this is the first time I've actually been on a BioBlitz, so I really appreciate you letting me tag along. Oh yeah, that's that's it there. So you can see it hopping around in the tree? I can't see it because my eyes aren't really that good, but... <laughs> there it is, there it is. You'll be able to see that. Yeah, I can see it. I'd have to flick around on my settings. There it is. Come on. And one of the good things about the iNaturalist is that you can take photos of these birds and AI helps you identify them, is that correct? Absolutely. So over time, users that upload birds to the iNaturalist platform, they teach the artificial intelligence of it just what these things look like. So the AI can absolutely help. It still gives ridiculous answers for some things, and you have to check, but if you get a, a clear photo of that bird, which I can now tell you is the grey shrike thrush, oh, wow. then iNaturalist will tell you. Oh, look at that. That's a beautiful shot there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there it goes. Oh, look at that. Oh, gorgeous. Let's give gratitude to the bird for posing. And he's got a beautiful little sound too, hasn't he? Yeah. Not sure you can hear that out in podcast land, but it's just absolutely amazing today that we've um, there's not much cloud in the sky, there's no rain. Oh, and there's another bird that's landed in a tree not too 
find our way. It looks like a crow. No, I'm going to ch- I'm going to change my mind. I don't think that's a grey shrike thrush anymore. It is grey, but I'm going to say that that's the grey butcher bird, which I've never seen before. So that is extremely exciting for me. A life a lifer bird. Oh wow! Give us five. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a way to start. Way to start in a new place. It was something that you've never seen before. We're lucky. Lucky in this group that there's expertise in the local plants. There's a guy here called Greg. He's a, one of the most prolific observers of biodiversity in Queensland, in Australia, really. Oh, wow. So he absolutely loves it. We've just got this. Oh, oh that's nice. It is. A little ochre butterfly's just landed. This is exciting. There we go. It's so interesting watching everyone. We've we've landed here and we've gotten to the car park and we're not even really 50 metres away. And there's at least, what, 30 of us? And we're just slowly moving through the bush, absorbing everything. <laughs> it's not like a normal bushwalk. This is a bushwalk. This is naturalist speed. I naturalist bioblitz speed. If you're going two kilometres an hour, you're going too quickly. <laughs> yes, we've made it about 50 metres in, in 10 minutes so yeah straight from a new bird to a new type of butterfly so that's that's exciting yeah i don't know what that one is i'm gonna put on my glasses life is so much better when you can see oh look at that that's amazing guys where can where can people see these photos so after today i'm going to take these images upload them onto my computer and then onto the website iNaturalist under my username which is Possum Pete. See I knew I heard that somewhere yeah. before. So that's how you got the name Possum Pete? Well no, that's uh, that's a long story. So how did you get that name? I got called Possum Pete for a couple of reasons. I studied ringtail possums in southeast of Melbourne, which meant that I had to be nocturnal for a year to do this project, this study. And the very first night, wandering around the bush by myself at night, how do you think I was feeling? Like a possum? Every time there was a noise and it was dark, I was by myself, I would get a little, my hair standing up on the back of my neck and I, I would be scared. No, I wasn't excited. I was, I was scared. I was like, what is out there to eat But you're me? not in mountain lion country. That's quite exactly right. It, it always turned out to be a cute and fluffy herbivore. Oh, the size of that wasp. Oh, wow. That is a wasp and a half. We don't get them that size in Victoria. Look out, Shelby. There's a wasp. A wasp coming for you. It's the size of my little finger. No, no. Here it is. Here it is. It's back. Oh, here it is. That could be one of the spider hunting wasps. There's a whole group of wasps out there that... Is it a mud wasp? They paralyze spiders and... Well, he's landed. Sounds a bit gruesome, but they take him back to their, their lair. There he is. And they lay their eggs. Oh, crikey. Look at the size of that. <laughs> out there in podcast land, that's probably almost the size of my pinky finger. Oh, yeah. Wow. Pete's sneaking up. Oh, look at that. Just get onto his um, iNaturalist and look up Possum Pete and you can see all the shots from today. The great southern bio blitz is really taken off. Oh, wow. He does look like he's hunting, doesn't he? Yeah, you wouldn't want to be a huntsman anywhere near that at the moment. Come over here. Have a look at this. Go move slowly. Ian, come and check this out. Come have a look. Look at the size of that wasp. I have a feeling that would be a rather painful sting. I've been stung by a few things. I've been bitten by a possum. Action shot. Okay, that was cool. Yes, that was excellent. That, that's the thing I like about nature. That you just don't know what's around the corner, do you? I tend to find there's always something new if you're looking for nature. And we don't have to come out to this prime national park. And this is very, very beautiful remnant vegetation where it's expected that we're going to come across new stuff and be surprised. You can be surprised just as much in your backyard if you have some native plants or flowers that attract insects or you put up a nest box or one of the best ways is to have a 
bird bath and you'd be absolutely amazed if you spent the morning with your morning cup of tea and your breakfast out watching the bird bath and counting the number of different birds that come and visit. I know a lot of people that get a lot of satisfaction and connection with nature when they do that. And it doesn't have to, like most of the backyards these days are getting smaller and smaller, aren't they? Even if they're just planting just one native tree at the front just to help the... Well, that'll give a flyway for birds as they go through and yeah, absolutely, it's more and more important that we create backyards for nature. We haven't even started on the plants yet. <laughs> Look at this huge broadleaf banksia. So this is characteristic as a banksia, the serrated leaves and the veins like that. And of course, these banksia men <laughs> or the banksia flowers, which are such important sources of nectar for birds and insects alike. Do possums eat that as well? They certainly, certainly would. And there's famous ones over in Western Australia called the honey possums. Oh, really? And they absolutely love the banksia. Interesting. The crew who stayed looking at the wasp have now found that it is found what it was looking for. Oh. Oh, this drag. Oh, wow. Look at it. The wasp carrying a spider away. Everyone out there in podcast land, get onto Possum Pete. He's going to have these photos loaded up from the Great Southern Bio Blitz. Holy cow. How's everyone feeling? Quiet. <laughs> We're staying to throw quiet. No. Quiet. I said you didn't want to be a huntsman around that. And that is exactly what it has caught. Oh, it's just found its lair. So everyone, it walked backwards around here for a while and then dumped the spider. Yeah. And then oriented itself, grabbed the spider and disappeared down <gasps> down its hole. How amazing is that? So the, the spider is now in a state of paralysis, not death, where it's being taken underground to brood the young of this wasp. And it's going to eat. It's going to. Classic wasp too. It's not. That was outrageous. I think that was a badge huntsman spider, Neosporasis, which it it found. That's a two for one. Yes. It's a two for one. Um, two for one observation. Yeah, two for one photo. So you can actually put that observation in twice. So once you put it in for the wasp, and the other time you put it in for the actual spider, because the spider's not dead. It's it's just paralysed. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Pete. Well done, team. That was a team effort. Team Bioblitz, yeah. Holy moly. And so we've jumped to the other different kingdom now, away from Animalia into fungi. That's the thing, Pete, isn't it? We're, we're still, what, 30 metres from the beginning? We have not walked very far. But all of the new things we've seen, all of the excitement we've had, is because we've been going slowly and tapped into observation. I think we all epitomise the, the saying that it's the journey and not the destination. This is great because we can bo get both the surface and the underside, which is really important when you're photographing fungi. Yeah. Tell me if it's a bolly. What's your favourite thing to photograph? Is it just anything new or do you have something that you, on a particular day you want to go chase? That's definitely been my go-to response is the next new thing is my favourite. <laughs> But if I was going to give a, long, a longer answer, I would say that like some of the talks this week, we were encouraged to embrace our enthusiasm. So when you find out about a new group, like at the moment for me, it's sea slugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's these cool, colourful ones called nudibranchs. We've done a podcast on that. Oh, fantastic. Sea slug census up at um, Chug, which is the Central Coast Hunter underwater group. And where I go diving, you've got to come diving with me, Pete. I would love it. We've got elephant hairs and they're that big they move really 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 quick and i've only ever seen them in one location and that's in port stevens at um fly point marine 
So, do you scuba dive? I've done my training. It's been a long time, but I'm very keen to get deep under the water again. Where did you learn to dive? Port Phillip Bay. Oh, that would have been cold. Cold water. Tried to develop my iceberg skills. It's amazing. As long as you've got a hood, you can convince yourself it's not too bad. But I am a snorkeling instructor, so I get out on the surface and dive, dive, free dive a little bit. But spending that time under the water and observing would be a whole new world, no doubt about it. When you did scuba dive, was there a memorable experience? Well, these are before the iNaturalist days when I was much more clued in. But of course, it's just the amazing diversity of fish that surround you, or you see a, a much larger one. I can't remember the scuba diving standouts, but I've had a lot of snorkeling moments. What would be the most memorable snorkeling standout? Large stingrays. And uh, this is when I am taking photos and getting a little bit closer. And the stingray just tells you that's close enough now. Raises up its stinging tail and waves it at you just to say, look what I've got. You're not going to come any closer. And I say, I'm not going to come any closer. I had one experience with a big black bull ray. And I go diving down the south coast a fair bit. And I was just pot along along the bottom. And I thought the whole surface of the bottom of the ocean moved in front of me. And I thought, is there an earthquake happening? And it took me a little while to get my eyes focused into actually what was happening but this big black bull ray just sort of popped up and just was standing on his sort of wings and his eyes must have been at least half a meter apart sounds amazing and i just went you know what i'm gonna go around you The uh, creature on my bucket list, the top, will be the manta ray. I must see it one day. Yeah, I still haven't seen one myself. Yeah, that is on my bucket list. Pete's sort of seen something here. We're actually all going to keep quiet in the background because I don't know what I'm doing. Now, here we have a, a species of fly. And I know that if I say fly, it's like, what on earth would you be interested in that for? But... They are one of the most biodiverse groups in Australia and experts can easily be contacted on iNaturalist and love seeing photos of flies. So there's a good chance if I get a good photo of this one, that's... If I get a good one of this, then I'll actually learn what it is. It's got very small wings, which may be why it makes such a such a noise when it's scooting around. Well, there's something there on that leaf. I know that sounds a bit weird. There's a thousand leaves. <laughs> see where the green stuff is. and, and oh, oh, that was the fly you beat. Yeah, I think it is. Well done. Good spotting. we we'll get another photo and we'll move on. Nice. That's an interesting bird call. I'm not sure who that is. Pete heard the bird call a mile away. It's got his ears tuned in. Here we go. I can't tell if that's a bird or a, a little bit of branch sticking out. Sometimes you take a photo of a, a branch bird. Well, we're getting great recordings of it anyway. You know direction's better than moving. I was looking... Oh, is that it there? Oh, I'll get to meet it again another day. Maybe later. Oh, there he goes. He's on the banks here. See that fork in the tree? Oh, yeah. He's on, on there. Come here. Just... Oh, there he goes. He's, he's hopping up. On the banks here. Just up. Good spotting, Ian. Yeah. I think he's behind one of those. Oh, yeah. My guess is a type of honey eater. Oh, yeah, he is. I can see him from... He's way up the top of that banks here. He's... Yeah. He's just... He's behind the leaves still. Every now and then he pops his head out. Come on. Ah, oh, there we go. Oh, lovely. It's drinking from the banks here, just like we were saying before. That's the one... The one fresh flower on that whole banks here, and it's it's getting a drink of nectar from it. And 
people could plant them in their front yard, couldn't they? That would be fantastic. And then they would have this one, this beautiful honey eater, which I'll have to double check what it is. It's not one that I've ever seen before. Lovely. Don't know about yous out there, but this is exciting. Just walking through nature with having a bit of a chat, just finding things. That I feel like I'm on a treasure hunt. Well, we are on a treasure hunt. Look, I, the way I describe it is, that, especially with the birds, that I avoided it for as long as I could. I went to uni with people who could identify all the birds in Australia by their call alone. They were just incredible. They were living it, and I was like, oh, it's not for me. But then it just wove their way into my my life and now it's the biggest treasure hunt in Australia. <laughs> Where did you go to uni? I went to university at Monash, Monash in Clayton in Victoria. I studied science and then I studied all the biology subjects I could and we did a marine biology unit with a trip up to Heron Island oh, yeah, yeah. which was just brilliant. My first time at such a beautiful tropical reef location. I did my honours degree in possums, which meant that I was out in the field every night. And I, I told this the start of this story before, saying that I felt scared the first few nights when I was out there by myself. But every time I spotted the thing that was making the noise, it was a cute and fluffy herbivore. So I quickly became very accustomed and comfortable and still am walking around by myself at night. The scariest animal, the animal that kills the second amount, most amount of people on Earth. Do you know what that is? No. Would you know what animal kills the most people on Earth? No, I don't. That's a mosquito. A mosquito? Yeah. Is it really? It spreads disease and it kills a lot of people. But the animal that kills the second amount of people is people. So the only animal that I didn't want to meet in the southeast of Victoria was another person. Because if they weren't out there studying possums, what were they doing out there? Yeah. I never did meet any, any other humans out at midnight or 3am uh, wandering around the bush. I didn't have to worry about spiders or snakes. It can gain a perspective on, on your place in the natural world. Well, Pete, do you have any action plans for the future? I organised the, helped to organise the Great Southern Bioblitz, so I encourage people to get involved. It's happening right this second, so this weekend I wish I could split into three and go to different areas and observe, because I'm just so excited to be here in Queensland up from Victoria where everything's new to me. But next year... If you don't get involved this time, look out for us next year and, and participate. And my plans are to just keep keep meeting new new species as I go. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. You're one of the silent achievers in the citizen science movement, and we all appreciate it very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Ian. You've been listening to Citizen 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 Science Citizen Science Show.